0: Coming up on Locked On Dodgers and NLDS win. Julio went five. The bullpen went the rest of the way. We'll get into what we liked, what we didn't like, and look ahead to game two. That's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers.
1: You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And if you don't want to miss a day, because you know we're not going to miss a day, just subscribe in all those places and you'll get it directly delivered to you. This is your first time listening or watching. I'm Ben Samperio. That's my co-host, Jeff Snyder. And we combine to bring you Locked On Dodgers every weekday morning. We are both uh, guys that have been lifelong Dodger fans, but also cover the team in a few ways, have covered the team in a few ways, and continue to do so. And while we're not quite insiders, uh, we bring the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. I think I said that like three times. So I think you guys know every weekday morning we're here for you.
1: Uh, but Dodgers
0: won game one of the NLDS against the Padres. It was looking like it might be a not as stressful day early on, then got a little bit more stressful. Uh, but the Dodgers bullpen shut it down. And I guess we can start there because this first segment is going to be about what we liked uh, and what we saw in game one and we'll start with the bullpen because that's what you know didn't win then the game but it was a reason the Dodgers won the game
1: yeah absolutely after uh after Julio only got through five innings we knew that they were going to need some big innings from the bullpen uh you know we'd need probably four relievers and that's what they ended up using and uh they brought in Evan Phillips first because which made sense because it was that part of the lineup and you knew at that point, you're going to need to get through the Soto Machado part of the lineup twice uh, through the rest of the game. So it makes sense to use Phillips for the first one and uh, because you know the game's within two runs at that point. You don't know what the score is going to be in the ninth inning when they come up again. So use Phillips there. And then it felt like it was going to backfire because Soto worked a walk, and then Machado hit a little dinky tapper down the line that ended up being an infield single, and suddenly it's first and second, nobody out. Uh, but Phillips got a huge strike out of Josh Bell, and then that double play for me, like that double play was maybe the play of the game uh, or the the moment of the game because uh, it was dangerous. It, it's a two-run game at that point, and that ball was hit pretty hard, and Gavin Lux made a great play going to his left, spins around, uh, feeds it to Trey Turner, covering the bag a second. He double-clutched but got it off in time to get it to Freddie Freeman at first base for the double play to end the inning, and I felt like that was the Padres' chance. Yeah, they had... Couple more base runners the rest of the game. But uh I feel like that was their chance to get back in the game and tie it or take the lead or whatever. And when the Dodgers got out of that inning unscathed, uh that kind of took that stress off for me.
0: Yeah, it was one of those. I mean, the day started, we're gonna talk about the Wolf, The day started with Craig Kimbrough not being on the postseason roster, which was one of the things that I liked for sure. And as the game got into the bullpen and as it got close, you know, once it was five, it was five, three got into the bullpen. The very least you don't feel that, Oh man, Kimbrough's going to pitch the ninth or Kimbrough's going to pitch, you know, whatever. You didn't have to worry about that. And you pretty much at this point, for the most part, trust every other arm out there uh, other than maybe, you know, Blake Trina might be the one that you don't trust only because we haven't really seen him and who knows how he's going to come out of every, uh, you know, come out of injury. But you trust everybody else. And, and we saw exactly that. We saw the, the arms that got them there, the arms that have been good for them the entire season or since they got them and Chris Martin. And, you know, strike one for for Vince for playoff X-Factor, Alex Vesia getting five big outs. That was huge. That that was, you know, saves an arm for tomorrow. And, you know, it, it was big. And he's the only lefty in the pen. He got Far batting from the other side. He got Juan Soto, you know, from the left side. And the Dodgers went to Gratterall, which was a little interesting in that sense just because, uh, you know, the Gratterall-Machado matchups are fun to watch, but Machado gets the best of Gratterall just as much as Gratterall gets the best of him. I would imagine uh, it's very close in, in their ways, in the times they face each other. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, bullpen, all good, and they still have the arms ready to go tomorrow. They still have Almonte. They still have Trinan. Um, you know, we don't know exactly what the plan is for Destin May, who did also make the roster, but he's available. And, you know, Tommy Canely is still available. So they still got arms ready to go tomorrow. And I would imagine Kershaw is going to give them a little bit more length than Julio did.
1: Yeah, that I think that's the hope. But, yeah, they have, they have by my count, up to seven relievers available tomorrow, depending on what they're planning on doing with May and Heaney. Uh, but you've got Gratterall, who only threw one pitch. He'll be available. Almonte, Canely. Uh, Martin, I assume would be available again, having just, you know, he didn't throw very many pitches in that ninth inning, uh, and then, and Trinan. So it's, uh, they're in really good shape, despite what AJ Pruszynski might've thought during the broadcast that, uh, uh, I don't know. you I don't know if you heard this Vince, cause you were at the game, but, uh, when Vesia was pitching in the seventh inning, AJ Pruszynski said, I, I, I need to write down the exact quote, but I promise you, I'm not misrepresented misrepresenting what he said when he basically said the Dodgers have used Phillips and Vesia, their two highest leverage relievers. How are they going to get through the last two innings and who are they going to have for tomorrow? Uh, which suggests to me that perhaps A.J. Presence didn't do quite as much homework as maybe he should have coming into this series uh, because the Dodgers do have a very deep bullpen and that's something that everybody recognizes and it's the, one of their biggest strengths as a team overall the season and in this postseason. Uh, uh, one thing I am interested to see tomorrow, because as you mentioned, Vesey is their only lefty in the bullpen, you know, not counting Heaney. We don't really know what the plan is with Heaney, if they're going to go with a piggyback star or use him as a, a true reliever. Uh, but I am interested to see what they do uh, to face Soto tomorrow uh, in, in game two after Kershaw's out of the game uh but dave roberts did say after the after the game today in his press conference that he doesn't really think of soto in terms of left right because soto's so good against everybody uh but soto is definitely much better against right handers this year he had a 942 ops against uh righties 701 against lefties uh and his batting average wasn't great against anybody this year but he batted just 210 against lefties uh only a 354 slugging percentage uh only 7 of his 27 homers came against lefties. So he is definitely better against righties and the Dodgers do have some guys with, with reverse splits or at least neutral splits. So maybe they just go with one of those guys uh, maybe Canely with that changeup, you know uh, but I, I, that's something I'm really interested to see in game two.
0: Yeah. And other things we like was the offense, the first three innings of the game uh, because they, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. They knocked out Mike Levenger, uh, before the third inning, they scored five runs. They looked like they were on the way to, you know, scoring more runs because they were going to get into the the Padres bullpen real early. The ball, Padres bullpen isn't necessarily the strongest bullpen out there, uh, but I guess I'll save the second part of that for the second segment. But, yeah, the offense looked good early on. Trey Turner, big home run. Max Muncy clutched two-out hit, and then they, you know, didn't really need the home run the rest of the way. They got the rest of the runs uh, via base hits and and – anything else that came with it. So that part was fun. Uh, But yeah, we'll, we'll get into the other part maybe later, but yeah, offense cool for the first three. innings.
1: Yeah. And your goal when, when Mike Clevenger is starting the game, knowing how Clevenger has been this year is to go out and knock Clevenger around, knock him out of the game, get into the bullpen, put some runs on the board. And they did exactly that. And, you know, they did have a few chances, you know, Trey Turner almost hit, a second home run later in the game that turned into a fly out. You know, it's not like they were totally inept after, after, even though they didn't get a hit after the third inning. Uh, But yeah, it it was uh, like you said, we'll talk about the negative in a minute, but getting those five runs off Clevenger with, which with this Dodgers pitching staff, most of the time, five runs is all you need. And, you know, I, I've mentioned before the boomer bust thing. That's a game level thing. And five runs, Is that's a boom game in the postseason? They won the game on those five runs, and yeah, it would have been nice to get more. But uh, a lot of things would be nice that you don't actually need. Yeah, and
0: the other part I'll add real quick was the crowd. The crowd was into it from the beginning. Nlds crowds have been interesting in the last few years, just because the Dodgers have made it to the Nlds so many times. you You know, 10 straight years. But it was there from the beginning. The stadium was rocking, and uh, it was a fun atmosphere. Maybe, I think, a little bit too much hostility toward the Padres and some of their fans, at least from what I saw. But, you know, nothing over the top. Just worry more about cheering for the Dodgers instead of berating the Padres, I would say, if you're a fan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The best way to show that it's not a rivalry is stop treating it like a rivalry all the time. Go there, support your team, and, uh, you know, that we, we don't chant beat SD, we don't chant beat SF, we chant let's go Dodgers. So focus on the Dodgers and uh, bring us home another win on, in game two.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into what we didn't like. But first, let's talk about Roan because I don't like dress shirts. Dress shirts are annoying. I don't wear them. I, I try to avoid them by all times. I'm a t-shirt type of guy. And Roan can help you out because it can make you look good. It can make you feel good. And you don't have to worry about changing clothes when you go to different activities. You know, if you got a Saturday planned with a bunch of things, Roan has you covered because the dress shirt was made for radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Their commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable and flexible shirt known to man. And here's why it's mobile. It's got four way stretch fabric. I don't know how many ways normal fabric stretches, but this Roan stretches four ways, breathability, flexibility, let you you know whatever you're doing if you're going to work if you're playing golf if you're hanging out whatever you're doing Roan has you covered and no wrinkles you don't got to worry about it with their wrinkle release technology you put the shirt on you stretch it out a little bit and the wrinkles disappear that easy and they got gold fusion anti odor technology so you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long as long as long as long, as long as you're wearing the shirt uh, you, you'll be smelling clean all day long and it's machine washable so you can ditch the dry cleaner all that Out of a t-shirt, that's a lot. Roan, got it. Everything you need right there. And right now you can get the commuter shirt that can get you through any workday and whatever else comes next at roan.com slash locked on with the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort all right jeff so dodgers not all good in a 5-3 win uh you know the win is the most important part but there was some concern in certain areas um for me i would say the main concern like i said the offense after an inning yes you get into a Padres bullpen and you're facing you know different arms every inning pretty much the rest of the way but It was, like I said, not a hit after the 13. They really never really put up a threat. And we've seen this from the Dodgers in the past. Now, yes, different team, different players, everything else. But we've seen the Dodgers get up early, put runs early. You know, this time they knocked out the starter. Sometimes they don't knock out the starter. If you remember game five of 2019 in ODS, they got to Strasburg early. Then he settled in and it kind of fell back. And, you know, we all know what happened after that. But, yeah, it was, you know, Mookie. Didn't do much. Freddie didn't do much. Trey Turner almost had two home runs, but did have a home run and a double. Uh, Will Smith had two doubles, but you didn't get the production you wanted. And they did have some chances to break the game open even more. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Five runs is good. So, you know, it's a little bit of a stretch to call the offense bad. But the offense from innings four through nine, that's what I didn't like. Or four through. Yeah,
1: eight. And yeah, yeah. there is no night Uh Yeah, it's if you have to find a negative sure and you know that's what we're doing we're talking about the game and it wasn't a perfect game and there was you know uh there, there was the offense did struggle those last five innings for well, yeah five and a third innings uh against the relief pitchers but yeah I, I don't even know like i maybe it's just my optimistic nature but i have a hard time being too fired up about it you know and uh knowing even every out they made i'm like hey these pitchers are throwing, you know, Pierce Johnson had to go two innings. Steven Wilson came out and pitched a second inning after getting the third out in the third inning. Uh, They, they they have other pitchers. Obviously I know that Suarez guy is good. They have Josh Hader. Uh, You know, my hope is that we don't even see Hader because they never get into a, in a save situation. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's hard to get too fired up about not scoring more than five runs. And, And you know, you mentioned that game five of the 2019 NLDS the game that shall not be named, and yet we here we keep talking about it, but uh there's a huge difference between five runs and knocking the guy out of the game and three runs and letting him off the hook and that is something that uh you know they got a, a big hit from Max Muncy a big hit from from Gavin Lux two guys who were hoping they contribute you know for me, I guess if I had to pick one negative really uh be besides just that you know the dodgers performances the relievers is the fact that they didn't get anything at all from Mookie or Freddie in the game and uh, you know, but to put up five runs with nothing from Mookie or Freddie, two of your big three don't do anything. Uh, It's, it's pretty impressive. And if anything, that negative actually makes me optimistic for tomorrow because it's seems unlikely to me that Mookie and Freddie are going to have back to back bad games. And so uh, you know, you obviously you Darvish is a better pitcher than Mike Clevenger. Uh, It's funny, like three years ago, would we have said that, that you Darvish is obviously a better pitcher than Mike Clevenger? Uh, I don't know. But uh, right now he definitely is. But I feel like there's a lot more in the tank for this offense. And, you know, they may not get five runs off Darvish tomorrow, but if they could put up a three or four spot, uh, I think they have a pretty good chance. And so he, he, uh, my annoying personality, even the negatives, just lead me to more positive thoughts.
0: Jeff, you need to be more negative. I don't understand. what I'm
1: trying. You
0: know. uh uh but i mean the other part too is there it is a positive in the sense that the dodgers saw a lot of the padres relievers they didn't necessarily see some of the best ones but they saw the ones that are you know if they get guys out early if blake snell has trouble throwing strikes like he did in his last start and comes out early the dodgers are going to see some of these guys they saw today that's what's ideal and yeah like i said it's Runs are going to be harder to come by against Darvish, but the Dodgers did get to Darvish a couple times this season, so it's very possible. But, you know, we we don't know. Um, but, but, yeah, it was just at the very least uh, the Dodgers not hitting in innings four through eight uh, helped the game pick up a little bit because it was an hour and a half, and we were in barely in, the, like, the fourth inning. Uh, then it picked up a little bit after that. So that was another <laughs> benefit to the Dodgers not putting up runs. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, other negative – I guess Julio only going five and you know losing a little bit at the end, but it was, you know, it is what it is. It's the postseason it's very rare that we see Dodger pitchers for whatever reason, very rare that we see Dodger pitchers, you know, have some of these dominant games that we see from other guys on other teams. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing because like I said, this year the, the bullpen is a strength and you don't have to really, you know, worry about it too much if they only go five or or six, but yeah, I mean. I guess, negative Julio giving up those three runs in that one inning.
1: Yeah, that that's definitely probably the biggest negative for me is that he didn't get deeper in the game. They did have to use four relievers. Again, their bullpen depth is a strength. Uh, off top of your head, Vince, can you remember the last time Julio allowed three or more runs in a game? Uh, no. His second-to-last start before the All-Star break, that five-run game against the Cubs in, in L.A., uh, that was – That's the last time he allowed more than two runs in a game, which is remarkable. The entire second half of the season, he didn't do it. And, you know, in in 2020, or 2021, I mean, Julio was the beneficiary of a lot of run support. And uh, this year, not as much. Later in the season, it got a little bit better. But early in the season, he had some bad luck there. And this was kind of returned to 2021 form of the offense, giving him some run support so that, because imagine if the Dodgers only score one run, this entire episode, we'll be talking about Julio picked a terrible time to have a bad game, you know, but because the offense showed up, the story, you know, Julio having a, a bad game, quote unquote, bad game for him. It's an afterthought. It's the thing we mentioned 17 and a half minutes into the episode. Oh yeah. By the way, Julio wasn't great tonight, uh, but because the offense showed up and the bullpen showed up, it doesn't matter. And that's, that's one of the things I love about this team that most of the time that's the case. If one thing goes wrong. They're gonna be fine. It's when two or two or three or four things go wrong, that's when they run into trouble.
0: And it was interesting that the inning that everyone thought he might have issues with was the fourth inning because the bottom of the third lasted so long and he breezed through the, the, the top of the fourth and then you know lost a little bit in the top in the top of the fifth. And I think the other part that's also, you know, if you Think about it as a Dodger fan that Freddie and Mookie aren't going to have bad games like that again. You know, the Padres bottom of the order is still outplaying the top of the order, which if it reverses, I guess it doesn't matter too much, but although the top of the order can do a little bit more damage on the bottom of the order in terms of slug. So I guess that would be a negative. And if you want to have thoughts like that of eventually the top of the order should get their hits here and there, but that also means the Dodgers should get their hits here and there And, uh, you know, realistically, when it comes down to it, if it's going to come down to that both teams are getting their hits here and there, I would trust the Dodgers bullpen and pitching staff more than I do the Padres at this point.
1: Yep, Yeah, there's no such thing as a must-win game in game one of a series. But game one of a five-game series really does set the tone for the series. Uh, I don't know how how often the winner of game one wins a five-game series, but I assume it's a lot more than half the time. And uh, it was – if the Padres had managed to steal this game with Clevenger starting against Julio, it would have really, really bolstered their hopes. And the Dodgers winning, you know, isn't quite as big a deal, but also on the other hand, because it would have been such a big deal for the Padres, it it was closer to a must win game for the Dodgers, I think. And, uh, and they won. And so, uh, yeah, I, I got nothing else negative to say.
0: I mean, based on MLBs, you know, what their theory is, this is supposed to be the game you have the advantage in. You know, this is the advantage for being, having the buy and everything else. You don't get to face their number one or their number two. And in this case, the Dodgers didn't get to face their number three either. So this was the game that you, you know, had to win as the Dodgers did. Uh, and, you know, good, good for them and uh, good for us. And we'll get into lineup talk and how we think it's going to go on wednesday but first let's talk about bill bar because they have bill bar puffs and if you haven't tried these you are depriving yourself of something that's really great because they got a new flavor cookie dough chunk puffs have a light chewy texture real cookie dough chunks and of course they're covered in 100 real chocolate all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it plus it's healthy for you 160 calories 15 grams of protein That's perfect. You know, have a snack, have a a meal replacement if you want, depending on how you feel. Uh, But yeah, Built.com, go get you a box, cookie dough, chunk puffs. They are great and they're healthy and they're tasty and everything you could want. And it has, all Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. It's something that tastes good and is good for you. So go get the cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, late night treat, whatever you need, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. So grab yourself a Built bar at Built.com, and if you use the promo code LockedOn15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LockedOn15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Jeff. So we talked about Kimbro being left off the roster. The other one that, uh, you know, was the final spot kind of up for grabs was Hanser Roberto versus Miguel Vargas. Miguel Vargas ended up making it onto the roster. I don't think any, you know, we weren't surprised. We, we said that that was probably what was going to happen last night. Uh, someone did ask if Hanser can still be in the dugout and he's still allowed in the dugout. So Dave Roberts uh, was happy about that as well. So, we can talk about that if you want. I don't know what words there are to say about it. We, we talked about it before. But the other part is the lineup. Trace Thompson got the start in left. And other than that, you know, Max Muncy got the start on, in the actual field at third base. Justin Turner was the DH. I don't know if you have any qualms with the lineup for game one and what you see changing for the lineup in game two.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't have any issues with the lineup for game one. I thought it was basically the perfect lineup. And it actually – Made me laugh. I saw a bunch of people saying, uh, like surprised that Trace Thompson was starting when Trace Thompson was the obvious starter. Trace Thompson, everybody knows, including Dave Roberts, that Trace Thompson is better against right-handed pitching than left-handed pitching this year. And he earned that spot. He earned that start. And people were surprised that he was starting, which just kind of underscores the uh, Dave Roberts derangement to me. It's like 75% 75 of the time, they're saying, Oh, finally that idiot Roberts did something right. You know, and then 20% of the time they're saying this idiot never does anything right when actually he did something right. And, uh, you know, 5% of the time it's this idiot never does anything right when he actually did something questionable. But, uh, if you're that surprised that often that Dave Roberts did something right, maybe you don't uh, disagree with Dave Roberts as often as you think you do. So yeah, even though Trace Thompson didn't do anything in the game, uh, I think it was absolutely the right, the right call to start him. I guess he walked one time. Um, and other than that, I mean, the lineup was basically a no brainer and it was a, a good lineup, really good managing. I'm interested to see what happens in the lineup against Darvish. I'm just pulling up right now the, the numbers for uh, all the current Dodgers uh, against Darvish in their careers, just to see, you know, I, left field is the main question mark, I guess, who's going to start in left. And so I'm Chris Taylor is 0 for 10 in his career against Darvish uh trace thompson has only faced him once and struck out over one uh joey gallo is 0 for seven so no good options to start in left field i assume they will have a left fielder in the game other than that i think we're probably going to see mostly the same lineup and i would guess it won't be trace thompson just because he doesn't have a proven track record against starvish i'm guessing they'll go with chris taylor out there get him in the game uh even though he has the longest track record of not doing anything against him. Uh, but yeah, I, I could see that going a lot of ways, but other than that seems like uh, it's a case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it, it was the lineup, the lineup came out. I was like, yeah, that's the lineup you, uh, you wanted to see. And the, really only the change that's going to come for the rest of the series is going to be in left. Who's playing left field. And and it's a matter of, you know, Trace is better against righties. He did have, in very small sample size, the better numbers against Clevenger. And, you know, that might've helped him out defensively, obviously, between those three, between Taylor Gallo and and Thompson, there's not too much difference in defense. Gallo's been a little bit, I don't know well, shaky is not the right. That's too strong of a word, but just maybe hasn't made all the plays. You might think he's been a right fielder most of his career. I'm pretty sure. And was with the Yankees and the Rangers for sure the last few years. So. Uh, But, yeah, I think – well, I think Taylor's probably the guy just because, first of all, you want to see what he has. You know, if it's between, you know, Taylor, Gallo, Thompson, realistically there's no right answer because none of them have the track record against Darvish and none of them – you know, you Darvish is a guy that is hard to face because he throws so many pitches and those guys are all guys that chase uh, pitches out of the zone. And so, yeah, it's not a match made for any of those three. But I think you kind of need to see what Chris – Taylor you have and if that October Chris Taylor gets unlocked and it's better to find out earlier in the postseason than it is to delay it a little bit more Um, but also I guess Gallo I think it'd be Taylor Gallo Thompson for tomorrow in that order of who I think would start
1: and then the other question is at catcher you know Clayton Kershaw's pitching do they go with Austin Barnes I'm looking at uh, Barnes and Smith's numbers against Darvish and uh, both of them each only have oh, – uh, Smith is 2 for 15. Barnes is 1 for 7, so very similar batting averages. But Barnes' one hit was a home run, so he actually has the third highest OPS against Darvish of anybody on the Dodgers right now. Uh, Trey, Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner both have quite a bit of success against Darvish in their careers. Uh, Freeman, 318 with a 1036 OPS. Trey, 353 with a 1,000 OPS. So uh, that that's looking good. Uh, but yeah, at catcher, if they did go with Barnes, then you've got Smith, Muncy, and Taylor who are kind of – sorry, Smith, Muncy, and Justin Turner who are your options at DH, and none of those guys have done much. I don't know. Do you think that they will consider starting Barnes, or will they go with the fact that Will Smith is a much better hitter and not worry about the splits and not worry about who's pitching?
0: Honestly, I think they could ask Kershaw. I don't, you know, I don't think Kershaw would want to sit Smith, you know, knowing that his offense in general is better, knowing that they only have the two catchers. So if you bring in Smith later in the game and, you know, once the bullpen's in or whatever the case is, then you're, you know, you're leaving yourself open a little bit. They've done it before, but you still always leave yourself open when you only have the two catchers on the roster and you you do that substitution. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, Kershaw, the Kershaw Barnes thing was a lot bigger a few years ago than it is now, but it's still something that if he might feel more comfortable and realistically Kershaw going six innings, feeling comfortable and not allowing a run or maybe just one or two runs, uh, you know, kind of outweighs what Will Smith might bring in those six innings of, of Austin Barnes being back there and in the lineup and him not. So yeah, I would still go with Smith just because I want to see Smith in there, but I uh, honestly think they might ask Kershaw how he feels and, and have that conversation.
1: Yeah, they might. I'm strongly in favor of starting Smith. Uh, I generally believe better hitters have a better chance of getting hits, and I think Smith is a much better hitter than Barnes. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, other than that, yeah, I think we see basically the same lineup we saw in Game 1, between, besides yeah. those two spots.
0: Yeah, so – that's it i don't know if you have anything else jeff it was a, a solid game one victory and uh yeah move on to game two
1: yeah game two is really important now obviously you know every game the, the next game is very important but uh having a chance to go up two games to none knowing you're going to see either clevenger or sean Mania, minaya whatever it is in game five uh you know if it gets there you know, that would be huge. This is a a big, big game. I feel good about it because I think the Dodgers are a better team than the Padres. And I think they're quite a bit better. Dave Roberts had a interesting quote talking about how, well, I don't really think the season series really portrays how good that team is. You know, they, they fought us really hard. And I looked at the numbers. It's like the Padres only won five games and four of them that there were only six games in the, in the season series between the two teams that were decided by, by, uh, two runs or less. And four of those were four of the five wins by the Padres. Like basically most of the time that they won, they barely won, you know, and it was Craig Kimbrell blowing something or, you know, these dumb little things and the Dodgers wins were usually blowouts. So the fact that this one was as close as it was, is actually an improvement for the Padres. So I think the Dodgers are a better team and I think Kershaw is every bit as good as Darvish. And so I like the Dodgers chances Very, very much in game two.
0: There it is. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Check out Locked On MLB for your second listen of the day with Paul Francis Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. He's got the number one daily league-wide podcast. You can get it on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. That's also where you can find us if you search Locked On Dodgers. You can also find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. DMs are open on all those accounts if you need to get a hold of us. If you need to get a hold of us, there's other ways like email lockedondodgers at gmail.com or voicemail text at 323 863 5625. We're here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tear smart device by like podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you
1: don't have to agree, you just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.